this Tap In Time, a Chapman Stick podcast. Whether you've played the instrument for years or are just curious, if it's stick talk you're looking for, this is the place. So come along and stay a while. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Tap In Time. I'm Victor. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Gene. Finally, we have a a podcast that speaks to us, right? Something that we can relate to and something that's fun to listen to as it pertains to the Chapman Stick and instruments related to the Chapman Stick. Yeah, so diving in, in a moment or six, we're going to introduce ourselves. I guess the whole thing really starts out with what's out there in podcast land. And there's really nothing out there specifically aimed at players of the Chapman Stick or any other dedicated tapping instrument for that matter. And so we're here hopefully to contribute something that kind of fills that gap a little bit. Got it. And uh, a lot of the times we get, at least for me, I get a lot of information from the stickists. And I know that out in Europe they have, I think it's the AFSTG, um, but one of the podcasts that did address Chapman stick players in particular was Hammond's Beyond the Playlist. And so he's interviewed dozens of... Uh, yeah, that's a fun podcast. Yeah, lo- lots of stick players on that program as well. And um, always good content, always great questions. And he's uh, a very... Uh, he, he really has thought these things out and has a great approach to not just you know bringing out you know these Chapman stick players, but them as musicians as well. So a, a nice variety. I don't know, Rodrigo. What uh, do you have any thoughts on on podcasting in general and what we might want to do? Well, I think more than than what it might do for us, it's it's really cool for beginning stickists or tap musicians to be able to drive somewhere and listen and get a feel of the the instrument, the worries, the new discoveries that are made up every day. And uh, so it's cool for us to talk about, but it will be super important for people out there to figure out a few things that they don't really know. So I think it's uh, all about the sharing of information. So for me, that's really the the most uh, important part of this podcast. Yeah. So I mean, so some of the podcasts. I, I mean, I'm not a huge podcast listener, but the ones that I do listen to are usually on topics that are a little bit specialized. You know, I'm kind of off the beaten path in a lot of ways, and so I listen to things that are of limited interest to most people. And it's stuff that I don't have an opportunity to really talk with people about because there's no one locally that I know of that may share the interest and. You know, it's therapeutic to be able to listen to people talk about it, even if I can't be there necessarily and participate in the conversation. And I know that was also the way it was for me as a stick player. You know, I have no one to talk to, and it would have been nice to just be able to listen to people yak about this instrument that is such a wonderful challenge. So that's also something that I'm hoping that maybe we can provide to people that are a little bit isolated. Maybe here's a chance to hear people speaking the language and not you know. Yeah, I I concur. We're, we're going to have to have separate podcasts for all the tunings, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The Master Reciprocal Channel and the Baritone Melody Channel, because okay. like, yeah. Subfolder. Sub so, um, yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll get into tunings at some point, too. I think that what makes our audience or what helps to define our audience is what helps to define what is a Chapman stick and, and the unique components or elements of the Chapman stick. And I suppose this is all kind of trademarked is um, ascending fifths in the left hand and descending fourths in the right hand. Uh, the fact that the instrument is a single beam, not like two necks, like a Jimmy page kind of 
a guitar, like a six and a 12 string. It's a single beam. And the fact that the output of the instrument uses a TRS cable that goes into dual mono or TRS into TRS if your rig is configured for that. So those three elements help to kind of define who we're talking to. So, you know, a guitarist and a bassist could still enjoy the podcast, but it wouldn't be the same. We're going to be talking about frequency responses for bass side, uh, you know, effects on the melody side. So all these kind of unique elements that make the Chapman stick so challenging are things that we'll address, I think, or hope to address, at least discuss, cry on each other's shoulders about, about what it is, it is, it to be, you know, a, a stickist in a guitarist in a world. You know, so <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of that crying on each other's shoulders, I think. <laughs> should, we, should we do some introductions? Well, yeah. So why don't we go ahead and do that? You know, Rodrigo, you've been putting out a lot of really cool videos in the last month or two. And you're kind of out there right now in the in the public's eye. And why don't we just start with you and you can introduce us to yourself. Tell us about your background in music and a little bit about your interest in the stick. Okay. So um, I'm Rodrigo. I'm from Portugal. This is where I live and work most of the time. I've been a professional bass player since I was, I don't know, 17 or something. So it's for the past 25 years I've been playing the bass. And about four and a half years ago, I discovered the stick and that completely changed my life changed the the way wait a minute uh, i'm sorry i have to interrupt you there gene did this guy just say four and a half years that guy okay. that guy such a <laughs> okay guy. i'm sorry for interrupting you rodrigo Not please continue now i was lying it's been like 20 years ago no i'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's more believable is that good <laughs> he's that good uh, so um and well one of the things i like one of the things i, I i've I figured with the stick was that there's this big community of people pu putting up videos and talking. There was a uh, free hands Friday, their stick list. So all this was happening. So I decided to start doing some videos right from the start. And well, since it's such a unique instrument and, and it has aroused so much curiosity over here, the whole thing just built up. And I was like running, 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 trying to catch up with all the people asking for new songs, for new videos, then for shows, then for records. And so I had to be, I'm always on the edge of pushing myself so I can do some things that I won't be too ashamed. Uh, so that that's the whole history I've been working really hard with. And the whole videos, it's it's like what's pulling me because every time I put something up there, uh, there's somebody asking for, well, if you can do this, how about that? So it's, uh, it's, it's like it feeds, it feeds itself, you know? So it's like a... Do you play out a lot then? People come after you and want you to play at their events and things? Yeah. So at this time, I'm just a, a stick player. I don't even play bass anymore because most of the time I'm just... All the gigs I do is with a stick. And sometimes I do some classical pieces. Some other times people ask me to, to sing. And other times it's just uh, ambience music. So it kind of depends, but I'm always working with the stick these days. So that's, that was a complete change, you know. So something I wanted to add, and I can't, I couldn't believe it when th there was a time when you came out to do an event for uh, the Freehands Academy. And we, we got to have like lunch with Emmett and we had this fun afternoon together. And um, that was the best day ever. That was the time you told me that, um, you stopped smoking right about the time you started playing the stick. Uh, that's that's the funniest story with the stick because the stick came in my life. I was, you know, you know, when you turn forty and you start looking around, you, you start feeling I should have done something with my life better or whatever. Uh, so instead of buying a new car, 
horror or getting a 20 year old girlfriend or something. I just changed instruments. You That's what I did. I, just, I, I threw up the bass. Yeah. And I got a new instrument. So uh, one of the things that at the, at the very, very early stages, and I, when I got my first stick and I was working with it, practicing, and I was like, okay, this is taking me way too long than I expected. This is really hard. So I need to buy myself some time. So uh, that was the, the, the extra thing that got me to quit smoking because I needed uh, more years up, up, up ahead. So I stopped smoking because of the, of the Chapman stick. That's the story. And then the singing, the singing part. And the, sing the singing came along with it because I was trying, you know, one thing led to the other and all of a sudden I was singing. People were asking me to sing. I don't sing. I never did sing. Sound. Beautiful. Yeah. So you sing what beautifully. are you talking about? I'm, I'm learning. I'm still learning every day. It's getting better, but it's not there yet, but I'd, I'll do it every day. It, it sounds wonderful. And uh, so that, that's, this, this is all stuff that comes along with, uh, with the investment in the, in, the, in the instrument and in the language and uh, the whole new thing, the whole new life that the stick brought me. So enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, well uh, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Um, so uh, whew, how do you follow Rodrigo Serrao? Nobody wants to go after Rodrigo Serrao. Yeah, that, was, that was not very smart of you to follow him up, was it? <laughs> so my name is Gene Perry. Uh, I'll start kind of from the beginning. So I have a degree in music and uh, information systems. Yeah, I'm not a full-time musician, although I was. And I currently work at JPL, NASA. I've been there for about three years. And um, when I'm not doing, you know, things as it relates to, you know, work and family, music is uh, a passion. So once upon a time, I played in the Inclined, uh, and we were a trio. We played around a lot. weren't a lot of opportunities to play stick in that band, but we did have a few. And uh, it was the first time I kind of paired the Chapman stick and the cello with drums, which was really nice. That kind of crosses over nicely. I'm going like way back now. So I purchased a stick, I think, like 1989, 1990 through the Recycler, and it was an ironwood, and it was lost in a fire. I had converted it to like a full MIDI grid. So it was just all like your highest uh, nine millimeter strings. And uh, what else? Uh, I studied with Don Schiff for about two to three years. And I attended the National Guitar Summer Workshop uh, in 1990, 91, and 92 with Frank Joliffe. And so I uh, got to spend time with him. And when Frank passed, and I think about 2009, 2010, he was only about 53. And um, I was moved by that. And so I took up the call to create the Freehands Academy. And so this is, it's not really an academy anywhere. <laughs> People call up or like, where's the academy? And I'm like, it's in my head. You know? <laughs> it's all in me. So, um, and I use the term we a lot. It's like really like Gene, you know, like, like we do this, we do that. But really, um, actually, Robin uh, Shima Costin is actually kind of the other half of the Freehands Academy. So she's taken up a lot of the kind of uh, details with getting events booked and, and uh, really couldn't do it without her. So uh, we met at a stick event. Yeah, so we did the Freehands Academy for two years. And then it kind of took on a different form where the larger events were just too large. Um, and so it was a more kind of a local approach. It was an opportunity to, for people to get to meet Emmett and to talk about the Chapman stick and just kind of um, get time with him, you know, at these events and um, see what else. Um, so I attended Interlochen in 2016 with Greg. You got to go to Interlochen. That's a fantastic event. Um, what else? I did a song of the week and that was a kind of a one year kind of challenge to myself to learn a new song and to play it every single week. Now, granted, I had a collection of songs already built up and I had been working on it, 
but I'd be working on songs a couple months in advance. So there were a couple of times when I just learned it that morning and just went and set about to doing it. And that worked out great. That guy. <laughs> Other times it took all day. Um, so uh, that was Song of the Week. And then we did Freehands Friday. We did 100 sessions of Freehands Friday. And it kind of tapered off towards the end. There were some really good episodes like Buying a Stick, which I think were, were very uh, helpful for a lot of people. That got about almost around 30,000 views. Um, you know, you can put out a video about like how to play a song or do an interview with somebody and you get like 500 views, but you put out like a video on pedal boards and like, like the videos I do on pedal boards are like 30,000 views, you know, like, um, it's just funny how, how that audience kind of bit works. So very specialized. Um, what else? Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this to just kind of build upon the, the content that I've been, you know, proud to be a part of and meet new people and, you know, open to new things and, um, trying to learn more about music through the chat and stick as this kind of springboard into uh, something grand and do. So I, I think that's, you know, do you guys, did I miss anything? I think I hit it all, right? What are you playing right now? What do you have? Right. Oh, okay. So great. Quick. So I, <laughs> I picked up an NS about three months ago, and that's been super exciting as a, someone that played bass in a band for a long time. So that whole transition... Um, I have a 12-string stick now, which has been more challenging than I thought. Um, it also has MIDI. I did MIDI for all of like 10 minutes, then I was like, no more MIDI. And so, yeah, kind of branching into the NS and kind of seeing how bassists approach the instrument with an NS. So that's been enlightening. So um, I, I think I've covered everything. Okay, so Victor. You know, I'm... Tell us. I got nothing to tell you, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do. So, um, so I'm kind of the rookie of the group. So I got my first stick about eight years ago, and um, you know, it's not. It wasn't like I had a lifelong understanding of it. I'd, I'd heard the words, but I'd never actually seen one. You know, I'm I'm not a King Crimson person, uh, and and I didn't know that Peter Gabriel had stick content in his music. But what put me over the edge was, um, you know, I saw Nick Beggs playing with a band that I like, and. This band back in the 90s had Nick Beggs on bass, and so he was doing stick on a lot of them. And I saw him in a video, uh, in an old concert video, and and that kind of that kind of started it. And uh, it was an opportunity in my life where I had time, so I went ahead and started the big mind bend that is the Chapman stick. <laughs> and so it's wow. So it was Nick Beggs. Yeah, it was Nick Beggs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And cool. you know that guy looks funky. You know, he just you know he he <laughs> he is he is not about appearing like everybody else. That's <laughs> yeah, he has his own thing. But uh, that's cool. Okay. And so that was your yeah, and that's the first time I've really actually you know, the stick is the only instrument I've really tried to learn and apply myself to. And you know, picking it up in my forties, you know, when I've got a career and a family and a and you know a brain that's in its forties, progress doesn't come as quickly as it might have early in life because I'm not really starting with a background in music. So, but on the other hand, you know, I'm not migrating to the stick from some other instrument. So I have no preconceived notions and, you know, I didn't have to adapt the way I look at something. It was all new enough. So it's kind of funny. When it, so wait, yeah. Can I cut in and say something? Because there's this, there's this thing about Victor and uh, his technique. Well, where you can see that it's just natural for, I mean, for me, I had to adapt a lot coming in from the double bass, which you need a lot of strength pressing the strings to something that you need absolutely no strength. 
So watching Victor play, I was always in awe because he has such amazing technique. So and that's obvious because you don't have to change your mindset from one instrument and then adapt to the stick. You just started with a stick. So that looks like the perfect instrument in your hands. When I saw it, when I saw you play it and that Bach uh, invention you did, it's like it's natural. It's beautiful and it's natural. So yeah. That's something I really wanted to, sorry to interrupt. The Minuet in G Major, I remember you played it. There was a video for it too, right? Um, yeah, I did a video for that one. You did, he wasn't looking where he was playing at all. And it looked so easy and effortless. And I hadn't really thought about that, but let me get this straight. Did you play any instruments before you came to the stick? I picked up a guitar every two or three years. I was that guy that picked up the guitar for two weeks, ah. made a commitment, and then three weeks later, I was done with it. And three weeks, three years later, wow. tried to get so that, that's really kind of it. If I may, just elaborate on that, Vic. It's, it's interesting how people come to the instrument as their second instrument, you know, and they bring with them all this musical baggage, like you know, Rodrigo was saying, is good habits, bad habits, you know, the wrist bends wrong or the you know, crane the neck or something like that. So it is, uh, wow, that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just, just picked it up and started playing it. Okay. I've been doing it wrong all these years, right? Oh, I, no. <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, that's kind of me. Yeah. So really quickly, Victor, getting back to the minuet, how long would you say it took you to learn the minuet in G major? As someone that like, not a guitarist, not a bassist, because, you know, we get this question a lot. Is it hard? Can I just pick it up? You know? Oh, wow. I can't remember. I want to, I want to say it was somewhere between three and six months, maybe. Because mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I could learn one part. Learning the individual parts is not the challenge, at least not for me. It's doing them together and, you know, being able to, to separate those. Mm -hmm. And that's where I envy a piano player that comes to the stick. They're used to splitting their brain up or whatever you want to call that. So it took me probably three to six months to learn it and probably nine months before I was comfortable enough to put it on video. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty slow because it's really not a very difficult piece. At least it doesn't seem like it. But uh, so. We're talking about the minuet in G major? Yes. Yeah, the one from the Notebook of Anna. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's amazing. If you did it in in six months, it's it's amazing. It took me long longer than that to have it in my hand under the hand. So it is amazing. Uh, yeah, but I have a I have a feeling though that you play it a lot better than I do. Well, Rod's got all day to do it, right? But I mean, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> we have to pick on him at some point. Jeez, like, so listen really quickly. I think we've covered the intros and I feel like we've, uh, unless there's any aspect about each one of us as individuals that we haven't covered. Yeah. Well, I just want to say a couple more things first uh, that aren't about me. I just, you know, for our audience, just so people know what we're doing and who we are, except for Rodrigo, we haven't really said anything about our geographical locations. And one of the nice things about the way the internet is now is that it enables this. The two of us that are the closest geographically are Gene and me, and we're about a thousand miles apart. After that, you get to cross the Atlantic Ocean to get to Rodrigo. And so there's eight hours away between us and, and Rodrigo. So we're in, there are nine time zones spanning this little group. And uh, I just think that's pretty cool. And then also, you know, you've, you've just heard, you know, we've got a pretty diverse set of skills and backgrounds and stuff. And then, and so we're all going to be bringing something different, you know, whether it's me and my kind of newish viewpoint or, you know, Gene's experience and yeah. Rodrigo's experience and Rodrigo's got the Europe point of view and so he knows a lot of people that i've never met uh that, that hopefully we're going to hear he's about. rational he, yeah he's <laughs> rational it's <laughs> so well adjusted it's like yeah i think that it'll be nice to have guests also 
one of the other things that we're hoping for is more of an international appeal. And that being like, we can have guests that want to speak Spanish or guests that want to speak French. And I'll just kind of try to capture and, you know, and Portuguese as well, right? So, I mean, I think we've got those three languages covered, but that with English as well. So just a little bit more inclusive. I suppose that is that is the intent to be more inclusive. Um, obviously, Rodrigo has this professional's perspective as a performer and a recorder. You know, I'm, I've got a little bit of history doing these events and doing, you know, community work. And, you know, and Victor, you've kind of been the kind of the, the catalyst for getting the podcast going. And I know that you use it in it for worship. So you're with people that you're, co- you're probably constantly having to explain it. Like, like what is that? We're talking about resources. Maybe we can kind of go around the room. If it's okay, I'll go last, but I'll, I'll let somebody else kind of start it. Yeah, sure. So I can. I'll kick us off then on that. Okay. I started off like a lot of stick players. I, you know, I bought the books off of Stick.com. Um, I bought, you know, Stickology. That's Steve Adelson's book. Uh, I bought Greg Howard's The Stick Book, and and then you know Emmett's Free Hands is out there also, and I've got that also. Uh, and, you know, kind of going through that, a little bit of self-taught and then watching Bob Culbertson's videos that are also free on the Internet. I think a lot of people went down the path that I just described. And then you've got Chris Crane, um, who's got some cool stuff. And I just learned something this morning. I was thinking about this podcast and, and Chris Crane came to mind. I went to his website and he's going to be pulling all of his content down. It sounds like at the end of 2020. Just a you know public service announcement. I don't know. It didn't say. I haven't heard much from him about him in years. But anyhow, so he's pulling his website down in a year, and he said all the books are going to be free to download now until he pulls it down. So if you're hearing this, uh, you know, Chris, uh, you know, hey, maybe we need to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> like, to, like to hear how things have been going right. for you, and because he was a big help to me because he's got those those e lessons and all these songs to to really get you off the ground. But anyhow, um, Chris Crane was one of the things that, that I used. Well, then I took some lessons from Steve Adelson for a couple of years, and that really was a, also another shot out of a cannon for me. That's big. And then um, I'm not going to go into detail because we're probably going to hit that in another episode or maybe later today. But another big one for me was going to uh, to a seminar so I could be in a room with other people that, that knew the instrument and we could all just geek out together and learn from each other. And so, um, you know, I went to Interlochen once uh, and, you know, that's where I met Greg. And, uh, you know, everyone at Interlock and, you know, you've got Glenn and, and Oz and all those people. Michigan! Yeah! Michigan stickers! <laughs> and then for the last four years, I've been going to Vancouver, uh, the, the Canada event, which is just top notch. So anyway, that's kind of, you know, how I learned, uh, you know, I started teaching myself, took lessons and that took off and then the seminars. Did you take uh, lessons with Jim? Yeah, actually, I'm taking lessons with Jim now. He kind of runs that event up in Canada, and it's the longest-running stick event that I'm aware of. Yeah, and he does a great job. Yeah, he does. Jim is a gentleman. He is. And, and he was out at that European event um, a couple of years back. Was it 2016 or 2015? 2015, yeah. yeah at Stick Camp in Mallorca, yeah. He was in there. Mallorca. Actually, that's what I met him. He's that guy that gives you a beer when you first perform live with your Chapman stick <laughs> and then you just hit the ground, you know, and you came burning yeah. down. And then, then there's Jim with a beer in his hand saying, this is for you. <laughs> so he's, he's amazing. Yeah. So what were resources that you used, Rodrigo, out in your neck of the woods? Because, I mean, you're a little bit further. 
when I got the stick, I got it with Greg's book, with um, Steve Adelson's book, and of course, Emmett's book. So I, I had all these three books, plus Bob Culbertson's videos on online. Okay. That's where I started for those first months, trying to figure it out. And uh, you can still go back there and find tons of useful information. So it's it will never end. Gotcha. That and that's where Bach comes in because you just you can pick something out of Bach and trying to adapt it to the instrument. And while you do this, you learn uh, your way around the fingerboard. You learn how to express yourself better. So everything in Bach will help you be a better musician also with the stick. So I concur. And um, I recall that Trey Gunn had mentioned something about it. You know, he uses, all, I think he uses this crafty tuning or these, these other techniques that he used, but he said that you can't play an instrument like the Chapman stick and not study <laughs> or not and not feel like you can't gain something from learning Bach, which is one voice in each hand, you know, like, and it's so great because the left hand tends to move in it's not quite as a scalar. I mean, with the inventions, it's a different kind of study. There's a lot of movement. But um, with the minuets, it, it feels like it's made for the instrument because the right hand is moving. Uh, there's these connected kind of melodies. And then the left hand, the, the movement is pretty natural for the bass notes. My, my point being is, is that uh, in terms of resources, Bach has been, I think, something that we all agree that's been uh, kind of a, a, a binding kind of it's super important. I mean, this is my opinion, but you can learn almost anything on the stick just using Bach's repertoire. It was one of the reasons why I fell in love with the stick, because when I saw it, I saw there's an instrument I can play Bach finally. That's right. As a bass player, I didn't have much chance to play Bach. So that was one of the things that, that draw me into the stick. The fact that it was playing on strings, Bach, uh, I'm not, I can work my my way around a piano but the feeling of strings under your fingers and the expression that it, it allows you it's it's something that i was not willing to let go so the stick kind of brought all these things together yeah and i feel like the the, the community itself is a great resource you know i i know that i use the stickest and that um out in europe i think it's the uh, correct me if i'm wrong Ruby, it's the af stg is that they have two things, I think, one in Spain and one in France. So it's like the French should be something, l'association, something, du stick du tap guitar, something like that. Yeah. I don't know the, the, the initials. And uh, I don't remember the name for the for the Spanish okay. thing, but they have one too. There is another forum. Led by, by Guillermo, yeah. Guillermo, okay. Okay, and I think there's one in Germany as well. Um, and that's more kind of an open, kind of, there's a tap community that's not kind of stick-centric. Yeah, and then there's uh, Ron Baggerman in in the Netherlands that has this uh, school of music, I think, and he organizes these seminars with a bunch of uh, tap instruments, and uh, they do it like every year, put everything together. The gentleman, his last name was Schnell, as I remember. Daniel Schnell, something like that, right? Daniel yeah. Schnell, yeah, that sounds yeah. familiar. So yeah, the, so they're very active in putting together events as well, and very inclusive, and I think that um, the two... French players that are so fantastic. Um, they're Yuen, Yuen Yannick. Yuen and Olivier Chabas, they are like two amazing yeah. players. But there's more. In Fr there are great players also in Spain and in Italy, but I think France is the, where you can find most of them because there are really amazing players there. And Portugal. <laughs> yeah, Portugal, and Portugal has Portugal. two. <laughs> yeah, it has two musicians. Well, three, three, three sticks 
and uh, two professional musicians playing. So it's it's cool. Counts. That counts. So uh, counts. I, I think that provides kind of a nice backdrop. What about you, Gene? How did you learn this thing? Uh, oh, okay. So um, so I was a King Crimson fan, and a friend of my brother's, you know, saw Emmett downtown. I mean, Emmett was freaking out and like doing all this crazy stuff and head bobbing and fuzz and the patch of shades was going i'm sure i I didn't see that but um i did hear about it and then i heard discipline and listened to that album and was trying to determine what part is stick and and then i started to kind of learn more about tony levin and was fascinated with him started listening back through peter gabriel albums and trying to figure out what was bass and what was stick beat came out um three of a perfect pair came out i was like really into that and so right about the time I was about 19 or 20 in the band that I was playing with, you know, I picked up a stick and of course you need to plug it in and you're like, Hey, one side doesn't work. You know, and you're like, <laughs> like, the melody side's broken. I'm like, uh, you know, kind of learned it on my own, um, just through just like trial and error and, um, a, a lot of error, uh, a lot of like failures, tuning, like tuning, uh, the tuning, finally some work in the inclined with it, but really, it was kind of learning on my own. And then I, when I did finally, yeah. <laughs> I had a degree from city college in music, you know, so I had to sing in the choir, play like in the percussion section and do all these kinds of crazy things. I was like, I'll just pick up a stick, you know, but in terms of resources, it was really Emmett. I was close to Emmett. So, you know, I, I'm in the same County as him. So I drive and see him perform. And, you know, afterwards I, I talked to him for a little bit. And that's how I came up, you know, or I, I kind of adapted one of his tunings. And just he and and Don Schiff was a great resource. You know, I took lessons from him for a little bit. And um, and then gradually, you know, I, as I you know, got married, we had a family. Um, these things kind of came to pass, and I was much more involved in that. But since I've been kind of getting more time playing music, uh, certainly, you know, I look back and I realize that the resources, the best resources were the ones, the friends that I made along the way at these events. That was so to kind of echo what everyone has said here, like the events are the best opportunity because you get to meet people who are just as messed up as you are, kind of running from <laughs> something that think the stick is going to change everything. And, you know, we never get there, but we keep trying. You know? Yeah, and there's that part of the brain that really catches up with you watching live someone, someone play. I mean, yeah, if you're like two feet away from somebody playing something, you will learn it a lot faster. The the technique, the approach, the the body language, everything sinks in very fast if you if you're in the same room with someone rather than on a video or just reading about it on um on a score you know so it's that's super important i love i love stick players reactions when they're watching other stick players because it's always like he does this he's got he's doing this thing with the thumb what is that (laughs) have you seen that you know they're always like you know there's this like micro discussions going on like he uses that tuning uses that words tuning it's crazy he gets that tan on a stick up you know the the stick up i gotta get a stick up you know so we've been at it for a little while, and I think uh, it's probably about time to wrap up here. Uh, I just wanted to spend maybe a minute, and then Rodrigo spend another minute um, on the news front. Um, there is the Vancouver seminar coming up at the end of August, and that's uh, you know you can you can Google Stick Canada to find out details of that, and I'll probably be talking about that some more in a future episode because I'm so high on that episode. But Kevin Keith is going to be there and Jafflet is coming up from Mexico City as well. So it's going to be a really fun event. Check it out. You should go. You should go. Yeah. And then there's a stick camp in France. I don't know if Rodrigo, if you've got a couple words you want to say about that. 
Yeah, the, it's not much information not out yet, but it's on, on the last week of August between the 24th and the 30th. They do it in this medieval castle in the south of France, so it's beautiful. Oh wow. A uh, beautiful location with uh they apparently they drink a lot of good wine. So <laughs> what I see from the pictures they have they're all <laughs> always drinking wine, so uh, and having good cheese. Uh, so everyone's having a great time there. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I should go there this year. Uh, but apparently, everyone's going to be there. The, all the the French players are going. There's guy uh, Nicolas. I think is coming from Italy. Uh, Captain Bruce will come from Australia. A bunch of people. Jan Hellman will come down from uh, from uh, I think it's Denmark or I don't know. He lives way up there. So everyone's joining in this this summer and. Um, in the south of France. So if you have a chance, it should be amazing. That, that's put on by Bruno, so not Bruno Ricard? Yeah, it's Bruno Ricard. It's organizing the thing with uh, the, the stick group. He's a champion. Yeah, he is. He, he's a champion of the instrument, truly. And he, do, he does bring people together. Well, that that will be a good event and something to kind of build off after Mallorca because it's been a while. Or the 2018 event as well. Yeah, they did it two years ago. Uh, I had, didn't had a chance because I was fortunate enough to be with you in Los Angeles. That's right. We had a good time with Rachel. For the Freehands Academy workshop, summer workshop. So um, hopefully this year I'll go there because it's it's going to be super amazing. Okay. Well, to those of you that are still listening by this point in the podcast, <laughs> then, uh, you know, we'd just like to say thanks for listening. And a couple small things also to mention is that, you know, at this time, we're intending to do this as a monthly podcast. So we're going to be shooting for that. And um, really quick preview on tap for next episode. So we're going to plan on diving into a bit more of a technical conversation. And I personally expect that there will be several bunny trails on this conversation. So we're going to talk about that question that every stickist has to answer, and that is, how do I manage these two signals coming out of one instrument? Um, you've got this TRS cable that's splitting the signal into two different signals, one for the bass side, one for the melody side. And you know, how do you manage that? And it's a newbie question, but it's also a question that experienced players are also always you know, grappling with and dealing with. So there's no final word on the subject. I ask that question every time I plug in the instrument. Every time I plug it in, I was like, <laughs> this could have been easy, but it's not. Yeah, so it's actually, a, it's actually a deep subject and there is no final word as Gene can tell you and as many of us can tell you. And there's a number of approaches people take and it's a conversation that encompasses pedal boards and amplifiers, pre-amplifiers, mixers, you name it. So it's gonna be an interesting conversation that quite frankly, none of us can really predict. So having said all that, wherever you might be in the world, we hope you find some time today to get your instrument, pick it up and play. With that, have a great day. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. We welcome your comments. You can contact us by email at tapintimepodcast at gmail.com.